Hi, I'm Ann Frisco, president of Holy Family University, and you're listening to Asked and Answered. Holy Family University is a diverse community made up of students and faculty from all different ethnic backgrounds and walks of life. One of our fastest growing populations is our Latinx community. And as we celebrate National Hispanic Heritage Month, I'm thrilled to welcome Ernan Garasau for this episode. Ernan is the founder, publisher, and editor of Aldea News. Ernan created Aldea as a home-based one-man operation and has turned it into the largest American and Latino multicultural, bilingual, multimedia company. Wow. Ernan, thanks so much for joining me. I have so enjoyed my collaboration with you and with all Aldea during my time in Philadelphia and getting to know you. And I can't wait to talk about some of this. But for those of us listening who may not be familiar with you, tell us about your journey and how you built Aldea into a powerhouse, multicultural, bilingual, multimedia company. That's a lot of adjectives, so welcome. Thank you, Dr. Briscoe, for inviting me. And I hope that when I share with you, will be a help to your community in the university and anybody else who might listen to this. So how it happened, uh, you know, it's a hard question to, to answer because I've been for the space of now almost three decades. And uh, it wasn't me, to be honest with you. It was the many people that have contributed throughout the many years in different capacities. I was lucky to have great people that belong to the younger generation of our community. And they are doing their best to build on, on what we have created. So... I'll say how it happened just simply because we thought it was a good idea initially and then went through the hurdles of doing it. By the grace of God, I would say we, we, we stay in one piece and keep it together and through ups and downs, we've been able to make it survive up to this point. And all I can tell you hasn't been easy, but obviously it was possible. So one of the things that I'm curious about is over 30 years, not only were you trying to establish your voice, but in a constantly changing environment. There was nothing static about the communications industry over the last 30 years. So do you think that actually emergence of social media, all the emergence of these new ways of communicating, did it make it more challenging? Or do you think in the long run, it's actually better? This is very different than when you started, right? Yes, for an operation like ours, technology has been always a blessing. Technology came first in the form of computers and desktop publishing programs that allow us to do, with very few hands, the work that normally would take dozens of people put up a paper together. So technology has been good news to us. And this latest wave of technology innovation, social media, internet, multimedia, have made it even more exciting You know, for those who understand the possibilities or all see the possibilities and, and go about using those tools that to me are tools for you to use your creativity, your imagination, your vision, and do something with them. You know, I, I feel that the knowledge in our case hasn't been a disruption, has been on the contrary, opening new doors, new possibilities of doing more of what we have been able to do. So it has, hasn't affected us in the way it has affected, for example, legacy media. We are developing some practices here, and we see that many more are going to come our way. And I hope that a generation that is now staffing the operation of Aldea would take full advantage of them. 
one of the other roles that you play is your chairman of the Aldea Media Educational Foundation. It's a 501c3 nonprofit working to, and I quote, empower Latinos to tell their own story. So I think our students I would be, and everyone would be interested because I think we all find both inspiration and it's a way for us to relate to each other when we're willing to tell our stories. So maybe tell us a little more about that. Well, this is the only technology that we cannot create that is not man-made. It's, I would say, the divine technology, the human beings. The actual human beings train, exposed to the experience so they can manage those tools. And the news is that we don't have as many as are needed right now, not only by Aldea, but the rest of the media. So we decided to create yet another impulse to innovate a foundation that would focus in, in addressing that need. We don't have that divine technological Human beings train with the skills to the work of telling the stories of this community that keeps on growing in our cities and across the country, right? So we need to develop that resource. We cannot neglect that. We cannot continue complaining that we're not included, that they're we're discriminating against. No, the truth is that we don't have as many out there. And we need all of us, legacy media, the bigger media, and media like ours, work together to continue building that resource that we don't have yet. The good news is that we have finally students. You know, we didn't have 20 years ago, not even one student in any school that we could bring to the newsroom and teach in the fundamentals of our practice. Today, we have dozens of them. So this has been an evolution, but most of them are people who are just graduating from college and with no experience. Therefore, this practice of training them in a real-life situation developed over the years as we kind of dealt with the fact that we couldn't find trained reporters, trained very young people. And we said, now the time is for us to take it one step further. Let's create a program. Let's create a, an institution that will lead that. Or the cost is different, obviously, from Aldea Inc., Aldea Inc. Media, the foundation has an educational purpose. And I think that is going to have a bigger mission than the, the company itself, because we'll be training the generation of storytellers in the Hispanic community and the diverse communities, by extension, for the Hispanic community that are not part of the media organizations and certainly not part of the newsroom or certainly not part of the leadership of those media organizations. So the foundation is committed to put our small contribution in that process that should be the concerns of everybody who's in media today. And as someone who's in education, you know, I applaud these efforts because as much as we do things at in universities and schools, application of knowledge to have the opportunity to actually be working with all of you that are in the field is we know invaluable to students, right? That's why we've built in internships for every student. And we know those life experiences, no matter how much we teach them in the classroom, those out of classroom experiences are so important too. As we see the Latino population continue to grow, and I hope you feel proud from what I can see also about there's more advances, right? There's more Latinx students graduating college. We do see an increase of Latinx students attending uh, master's level programs. 25% of our students in the graduate program here at Holy Family are, are Latinx background. Lots of nurses, teachers, MBA students, do you think this is, in my mind, like the stories are going to change, right? So perhaps the stories of the individuals that came here 20, 30, 50 years ago are going to be very different from the stories that are going to be told in the coming generations. For sure. And we, in this particular development, 
the influx of Latinos in higher education. We decided to take action on that also. And we created a lab that we call Journalism Lab on Higher Education. We hire three people to exclusively cover stories related to what is happening in your college, for example. They're happening across the region, across the country, and happens much faster when there are leaders like you who understand the need of this, have gone way beyond what the expectations are to increase that number, you know. So I'm glad to hear that 25% is down your number in your institution. And I will say let's work together to be the opportunities to the people that either from business or from journalism will be interested in having an experience in a media environment like ours. Absolutely, because that's the strongest combination. The other thing I have to tell you that strikes me, because I don't know if anyone would have ever said this to you. I'm so impressed that, you know, as a leader, with all you've accomplished, the first thing you say to me is you're thankful to all the people who were with you along the way. And that's a true sign of what's called servant leadership. You know, you you realize you're bringing everyone along with you. And it's not just about you and, and having power or having more prestige yourself. So it was wonderful because I didn't, you could have answered that question a lot of different ways. And the first thing you did was give credit to everyone else. That's the true sign of a good leader. You know what I'd like to ask you too, by time our podcast is out in the air, we'll have had the Heritage Awards Ceremony. So I would like to give you an opportunity. The annual gala is a few days away. I look forward to it. My husband and I will be there. What was your motivation for the awards? And and what impact would you say it has on the community that we were were able to acknowledge these individuals? From the beginning, we said this is not about the Hispanic community. This is about the entire city, the entire region, perhaps the entire country. Because what should be talking about here is not what would this deserve to receive, but also, but better to say what we can contribute with to the American experience with a with a big contribution that this demographic represent a potential contribution. So, what's in our mind was to celebrate with Hispanic heritage, but in a in a non traditional manner. We wanted to say Hispanic heritage is our heritage. When I say our heritage is all of us together, because built in into the Hispanic experience. There is already the inclusion of everybody else who is around us, be European white or be African-American or be Native American, be Asian-American. That's the the story that needs to be told about who Hispanics are. However, the media, because we can have as many people that are knowledgeable about the histories uh, of this beautiful universe. This morning I was reading the, the a piece from the New York Times and describing Hispanics as a race. And we're not a race. I know, none of us are, right? Uh, Race is a construct. It's a social construct, right? Totally, and the misunderstanding is that we are a race and we are a minority group and we are another people that need some help. But in reality, I think the, the Hispanic contribution to me is one of the biggest potential for the city, for the region. We should celebrate as part of the transformation the city has gone through in the past 50 or 75 years which is extraordinary. You know, today we are the most diverse, one of the most diverse cities in the in the country. However, we remain one of the most segregated as well. And I think the Latino experience is guiding us into how we can break through that segregation because we're not about segregating ourselves, we're about meeting the other, particularly that that particularly that one that looks different or sound different from us, as Mr. Carlos Fuentes in Mexico used to say. Uh, we're looking to meet the, the, the stranger all the time. Uh, because that's in our experience. So we don't mind me the stranger or not. We, 
We don't like to be isolated. We like to be interacting. And I think the contribution that Hispanics make is hopefully that these 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 lines of segregating people according to the color of the skin or the religion or any other reasons could be blurred. And uh, we see the integration of neighborhoods in a manner that probably we're seeing it right now in South Philly or here in Philadelphia or Northern Liberty, so places that are being repopulated by the new generation of residents of the city. Yes, and one of that's one of the things I've always been really proud of, and I think is a real value at smaller institutions because we're very diverse and we're small. So students who are not necessarily from the same neighborhoods and from the same backgrounds, they're mashed together in small classes, and they need to interact with each other. And that's when someone who seems like an other is not; it doesn't become an other anymore once you start learning about them and just being with them, right? And that then translates into who you get to work with and how comfortable you are being around other people, right? And living in diverse communities. Yeah, I, think I think the more we could do that, the more people get comfortable and seek out those ways of living rather than wanting to be segregated. Correct. Today they call it Hispanic, but tomorrow there might be a different story because we look more and more at the America that is going to be at the end of this century. Yes. We diverse. We look from all the range of colors in the human race because that integration has happened already in us, sometimes through painful episode of history, but has happened uh, way before we came to the U.S., our job is to explain it. You know, I don't think it's for us to wait for somebody to understand it and figure it out and give us the solution. No, we have to be proactive explaining what Hispanic heritage means. It's not a national celebration. It means more than that. It's more than the that was enacted 40 years ago by the U.S. government. If you look back to the previous 5, 10, or 15, or 20 centuries, you will see have been an evolution that had taken time to build and now we're here, we're such a powerful presence, 62 million people according to the census 2020, and growing in numbers, but also growing in, in terms of quality. You know, uh, we see the professionals, we see the business people, we see also the politicians as well. Finally, part of the conversational, part of the, the, the things that are happening in the country, uh, and you see that leadership eventually be, become more visible. But for that, we need media. For that, we need storytellers that we don't have today. So we need to work for the long term. We shouldn't be working for the next couple of years. We should be look, look, working for the next decade because that solution of it integrating and everybody talks about it, more diverse and all that, is going to happen very gradually. But it's happening, as we speak. And the Hispanic community has a role to play in that integration. Yeah, and I think we can honestly say in our lifetime, we've seen so much change. And the Hispanic population has grown and is assimilating more. So as someone who's a child of an immigrant from Italy, I'm Italian-American, right? In many ways, I have watched what's happening to Hispanics. And I feel that while smaller in number, I think there's about 17 million Italian-Americans in the United States. Just the similarity in terms of the struggles of immigrant families and, and you know, what's it like when you don't speak the language and you're trying to assimilate and, and at the same time, balance your own traditions and hold on some of your own family traditions when the pressure was always to become American, right? Mm -hmm. Quote, unquote, right? You should speak English and be American. So one of the things I think has been pretty wonderful is that 
Latinx communities have insisted, no, we want to hold on to the value of our language and our culture. And yes, we can be American and still speak Spanish at the same time. And that's taken us as a country a while to get comfortable with. Correct. You said 70 million, but there might be many more because you are, you're not counting the many Italians who emigrated to Argentina or Brazil. Right. No, no. I mean, yeah, I'm talking about North America. And then they became Latinos in the Dominican mm-hmm. Latino that we use today, and they became immigrants to Miami. We see many Argentinas in Miami or, or New York or all the states in the country, and they are essentially Italian names. So that's something that we should be keep in mind, that the, 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 the evolution of the Hispanic identity started in the Roman Empire. A couple of emperors, the Roman Empire were, were from Hispania, the you know, province of the empire that was in the Iberian Peninsula. So that integration has started early and that integration continued in the southern part of the Americas and by the influx of more Latinos coming from that part of the world into North America. I think we're making a contribution on how we can imagine what the future could be if the space of demographic growth continue and we kind of uh, see it not as, a, uh, not as a threat, but as a, as a blessing. Exactly. So if we take full advantage of what is now a potential. All of us have to participate in creating the solution that I put for the food development of that potential. It's going to make a made a contribution that I think they are bound to make in the Ameri- in the Americas in the northern part of the hemisphere. Well, you're certainly a visionary and so much of a strategic thinker to think way beyond sort of today and tomorrow, right? And realizing the role that even you've allowed technology to play in the evolution in your own firm and working to that. I want to take you back and thinking about your own life and sort of what it was like. If you could think back, what do you maybe wish you could have told your 18 or 19 year old self? You know, we're out of college. We just had our freshman convocation, our first year convocation. We're trying to help our students settle into college life. What might you have appreciated knowing then that you know now? I think it's okay with being naive. I think it's okay with being a little bit foolish as and the founder of Apple used to say, it's okay to be a little bit weird. <laughs> and experiment, you know, experiment with your hands. You know, uh, if you have a conviction, no matter how irrational it might look, uh, execute it because other people might believe in it after they see the evidence of your capacity to do something. And I think in a very modest manner, it happened that way. No one believed in it. Even myself, I couldn't believe it until I saw it put together. And that was uh, the beginning of a, of a journey that had lasted too long for me. Yeah, so it's fine to be naive, it's fine to be crazy, it's fine to be a little bit out of your mind when you are that young. Experiment, because if you're disciplined in that experimentation, eventually something is going to come out of that, and people will start believing that might be a good idea to, to execute. If you want to walk that path, yeah, understand that it's going to be more demanding on you instead of going through the predictable routes. This is more adventurous, um, but also could give you more satisfaction, more headaches as well. Uh, <laughs> but, sure. uh, but I think it's worthwhile at the end. Yeah, I encourage your listeners to be audacious and, and daring and think uh, that nothing could happen to you. You know, when you're in your 20s, early 30s, you know, you can do anything you want. And I think the society we live, the privilege you're living in, allows you to do all kind of uh, uncommon things. And, uh, and I guess that's the history of the country because we had that kind of uh, activity when the economy develops. Something happened here that didn't happen in many other countries or 
you couldn't dare to think of starting a paper out of your living room in your home. Here is possible. The knowledge has helped, but we have major challenges. Keep in mind, the may, may be big challenge for, for Hispanics and other communities that are new to the country is the ability to tell our story to the rest of America. We need to work harder than that. We need to have more hands doing that. Uh, it's not enough. The population continues to grow, but it still continues to be largely misunderstood. And I think the role of media and journalism should be make a contribution, and it's a contribution to better understanding who we are. But it's as much as it's everybody's responsibility, the Hispanic community responsible also, to take a proactive role in telling that story beyond the stereotypical representation of what we are. And don't we feel like every group feels that way? There's these tropes and there's these sort of stereotypes and and how do we tell our stories to get past those things? Correct. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Hernan. Thank you for sharing your story, for making such a difference. I hope you feel as proud as everyone else is of what you've been able to accomplish here and here in Philadelphia, let alone here in America. Um, real contribution. I look forward to being with you and everyone on Friday evening and celebrating and more conversations. I, I look forward to uh, further work with you and our students and um, and getting the word out about the important contributions of the Hispanic community. So thank you. And then uh, thank you so much for inviting me. Glad to have this conversation. I, will, I hope we'll continue talking about this over the much uh, longer time. Absolutely. Saludos. To learn more about Hernan Garrisau and Aldea News, please visit aldeanews.com. I'm Ann Prisco, onward and upward in faith and family. Mm-hmm.